The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. Uh, I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, Stop by and check us out at Christ Universal Temple. And if you're online, if you're listening to this show, obviously you have online access. You can go to our website at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. We live stream on Sunday mornings from 1030 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. So check us out. I think that you will love uh, hearing a powerful new thought lesson from our minister, Reverend Wells, and you'll fall in love with us. So please just check us out. And again, if you're in the area, make sure you stop by. Now, today's show is a continuation of the series Discover the Power Within You, which is based upon the book Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. And I did ask everyone to purchase or get a copy one way or another of the book discover the power within you because i'm teaching it chapter by chapter it is very important for this series that you own a copy of this book i consider it a top five book in all of new thought and it is really important to have it now before i actually get into the, today's lesson which is on 
the chapter six, the amazing B attitudes. I want to just stop and just take a moment just to recognize and bless everyone who was affected by um, 9-11. And you might be listening to this show and not might not be an American citizen, but today is the day that um, the planes were flown into buildings by a terrorist. And I just wanted to take a moment to uh, bless and acknowledge um, the deceased, their families, uh, the responders, firefighters, police officers, and anyone that was affected by that event. We surround and know that as we continue holding the consciousness of peace and love, peace can be established. And it's established by those of us who know that peace is possible. So let's hold and maintain that consciousness. You don't know how when you lift yourself up, how that lifts up the entire world because we're all connected at some level. It might not be able to be explained, but we're all connected in consciousness. So as, as we lift up the consciousness of humanity, things like that won't continue to be possible. In other words, we have work to do. But God bless everyone who was affected by that event. Now, moving on, going right to page 57 on the amazing Beatitudes. And as I begin this, I want to remind everyone that I actually taught the Beatitudes in my series on the Sermon on the Mount from, I think that was last year. And I and I went into great detail line by line now i'm teaching this from eric butterworth's perspective when i did it myself i was using a lot of different other resources so this lesson will have some similarities and then it won't because i never teach the same thing the same way ever because obviously i'm not the person who taught that a year ago that person is gone i'm a new person now so and the information I gave then, I'm sure, was excellent, and I pray that this will be as well. Now, page 57, Eric Butterworth writes, If we want to know the basic philosophy of a scientist, politician, or scholar, it is logical to study his speeches, especially those which are made to fellow members of his own profession. Thus, it would seem equally logical if we want to discover what Jesus really taught to lay aside for a while the tomes upon tomes of sermons and essays about Jesus and study the only sermon that Jesus gave that is completely recorded, his immortal sermon on the mount, which is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Now, let me just say, because maybe um, Eric Butterworth didn't have access to this type of information, and I know he quotes some Dr. Lambs are saying it was a, a, a full sermon given to somebody. That's highly unlikely. Um, somebody standing on top of a mountain speaking to a crowd of people with no audio system uh, makes almost no sense. Uh, screaming at the top of his lungs, he would, wouldn't have been able to speak to more than a couple of dozen people at best, at best, in an open air uh, uh, wilderness, basically. And they walked up and down those dry lands of the uh, Galilee and Judea, most likely these were sayings that were collected during his ministry that were being circulated 
and they were used and put together into a sermon by the author of Matthew. That's why some of the exact same statements appear in Luke. Instead of it being the Sermon on the Mount, most of it is taught uh, during the Sermon on of the Sea or on the, by the Sea by uh, the Gospel writer of Luke. Example, the Lord's Prayer is in the Sermon on the Mount. And as a part of a whole sermon and Luke, the disciples come to Jesus and says and say, excuse me, Lord, teach us to pray. So, again, what he's saying most likely is not biblically accurate. But I just wanted to make sure that you don't walk away and carry that. And and. And I actually have a lot of different materials on this and even his student um actually said that when that what we call sermons of jesus i'm talking about dr erico states that these were just different sayings of jesus that were being collected while he was preaching to somebody while somebody's doing this and somebody's doing that and most likely these are statements he used more than once anyway all right back to page 57 the sermon proper is introduced by an eight-verse prose poem that has been called the Beatitudes. In other words, the Sermon on the Mount. And in biblical, biblical metaphysical symbology, anytime you're on a mountain or go up to a mountain, it represents a high state of consciousness. And it states in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, so these statements are from a higher level of consciousness. They contrast thou shall not, because he's saying blessed if you do. Some people translate it delighted if you do. So Mr. Butterworth goes on and says, Jesus speaks not of conforming, but of transforming. Paul reflects this idea when he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The old order taught men what to do, but Jesus showed them what to be, how to think. Thus, the outline of his ideals is actually a series of attitudes of being, states of mind, clearly promised definite results that follow certain inner changes. I love that. Clearly promising definite results that follow certain inner changes to quote Reverend Ike you can't lose with the stuff I use so he says if you do this inner work you'll have definite results if you do these inner works and see the thing about it is there's a surface way to do inner work and then there's another way to do inner work And we don't realize at times how we play with the principle. What do I mean by that? You know, oh, I said the prayer with no zeal, with no intensity, with no feeling, with no conviction. Oh, I changed my thoughts, but saying three affirmations and thinking negative for the rest of the day does not necessarily mean you're developing a prosperity consciousness. See, he's talking about a paradigm shift. A par- the kingdom of God consciousness or kingdom of heaven 
consciousness is a paradigm shift. In other words, in other words, I'm used to seeing the world this way. I'm used to seeing life this way. I'm used to seeing God and myself and my fellow human beings this way. Now I see it that way. And God's way is based upon love and power and wisdom and substance, life, peace, harmony, wholeness. It's a different way of thinking. And people say when you change your thinking, you change your life. That's true. But changing your thinking shifts your whole life because it shifts or creates. It doesn't shift. It creates a new paradigm. In other words, you are living in a box, and then the box is destroyed. Or you get a larger box, and then you get a larger box, and then you get a larger box, and then you get a larger box. All right. Back to the page, uh, page 58. The Beatitudes begin with the word blessed. It is an important word. To bless is to confer prosperity upon, to enrich. Thus, blessed or blessed makes a wonderful promise telling you what will happen to you if you condition your mind to the full acceptance of these attitudes. So, in other words, we have to condition, condition, we have to shape, we have to recreate how our minds operate because what you do is always consistent with how you see it. You can justify anything just based upon how you see it. No one else, just you. Moving along. So he starts off with the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, this has always been translated to represent poverty or the the viewpoint that we don't need to seek prosperity. That's not what it means. The author is clear on it when he says, the root word that is translated spirit is more accurately and meaningfully translated pride. Poor in pride, Jesus says, there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in pride. That's a totally different way to look at it. Okay? Because the ego, the human personality, will puff itself up instead of the divinity within. The author goes on to say, but keep in mind that heaven, as Jesus uses the term, is not a place in the sky or a reward for afterlife. The word heaven comes from a Greek root that means expanding. Thus, Jesus is talking about the expanding potential within the individual, within you. Heaven is the potential of the spirit in you that is wrapped in your human nature. So Jesus is not saying, well, if you live poor, when you die, you'll go to heaven. That's not what this statement means. It is saying when we are humble, and humble does not mean 
and I'll deal with this later with meekness does not mean being a welcome mat for people. What it just means is we're always in the moment of recognizing the awesomeness of God working in us, through us, as us, and through all of creation. It's hard to have pride when you don't know much about how the universe really works. So when we humble ourselves, we can be taught the inner spiritual nature can come forth because we're not combating it. Eric Butterworth says it this way. He says to be poor in spirit or pride means to empty yourself of the desire to exercise personal will in the quest for self-realization. You cannot storm the gates of heaven. You cannot achieve an understanding of God through the intellect alone. I couldn't have said it better. He goes on to say, blessed are the poor in pride. Blessed are they who can let go of the attempt to understand intellectually, who accept the deep things of spirit as a little child. Blessed are they who are teachable, open-minded, receptive to the truth, willing to renounce preconceived opinions and prejudices and entertain a new concept of life. Then he goes on to say, to really know the truth means so much more than knowing about the truth. You may read many books and take many courses of study. You may even acquire a fine intellectual grasp of metaphysical principles. But to know the truth, you must keep on beyond the end of the book, beyond the conclusion of the course of lessons. You must keep on until you catch on. It is not something you come to, but something that comes to you. It is an inward revelation. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. He also says when 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 the son frees you, you are free indeed, but the son is the divine expression of God in you, through you, as you. The son is not limited to the man Jesus. The son of God or God's idea of itself is within every human being. As human beings true spiritual nature. Now, obviously we have seven more to go and I'm going to move a little bit uh, quicker through the other seven, but I do want to stop for a moment and just acknowledge that this show is supported by your donation. So please click on the giving button. Donate to continue this internet radio show and shows like it on Unity Online Radio. As Jesus said, to whom uh, much is given, much is required. And so you've been given. Now, let's make sure that we are the space that allow that will allow the wholeness of God to be understood and manifested across the world. And these type of shows help that process. So make sure you support it. We're going to take our first break. And we'll be right back with Truth 
transforms. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Balance, harmony, peace. These are the things that lead to a fuller, richer life experience. And striving to attain these things is a rewarding journey in and of itself. Let your journey begin at Awaken Whole Life Center, located on the Unity Village campus. Here, you'll discover unique approaches to nurture body, mind, and spirit. A holistic approach to your health and well-being. Visit us online at awakenwholelifecenter.com. That's awakenwholelifecenter.com. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. 
we are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. If you would like to call in and ask me a question, you can call me at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, please make sure you go to my Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, and like it. Please share it. I post different things on it, positive statements, videos, audio clips, et cetera, et cetera. It just keeps you in the flow. So make sure you check it out. Also, for those who might have questions about um, the umbrella organization that uh, that uh, the church I work at, Christ Universal Temple, works with, um, the Universal Foundation for Better Living, you can go to www.ufbl.org. All right, moving on. So Eric Butterworth gives a affirmation at the end of his explanation of blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I really like it. I am open and receptive to the inflow and the outpouring of all there is in God. Now, moving on. The next beatitude is, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I'm not going to read all of this, but people normally take this to me, you know, it's almost okay if I'm mourning, you know, you know, God is there like, a, you know, you know, a, a super daddy or super mama to wipe away my tears. Jesus is not saying that it is necessary for man to. I'm reading Eric Butterworth, necessary for man to sorrow or to experience tragedies. For these can be no, for there can be no sorrow or sense of tragedy to one who understands the dynamics of his own innate divinity. One who truly knows himself will not fall victim to sadness or grief, for he will always be the master of himself in every circumstance. Now that's lofty. And saying you'll never, ever feel sad or grief. What he's saying, I think the spirit of what he's saying is you snap yourself out of it. Because when you realize that you control your own thoughts, you control your own feelings, etc., you're always your own experience, then you can pull yourself out. Your mind, your emotions don't have to take you where you don't want to go. You have the thoughts, you have the feelings, you have the emotions, you have the beliefs. They don't have you. He goes on to say, nevertheless, sorrow and trouble brought about by wrong thinking can be useful. Many people refuse to open their minds to the truth until they are backed against the wall, until they are driven to their knees. In this instance, the sorrow may be a good thing for A blessing may well spring from the fact that in the desperation of their sorrow, they are willing to let go. So Jesus is telling us there are two ways by which we may come into a knowledge of truth and experience the releasement of our inner power. One, we can be poor in spirit and simply let go instantly 
with the receptivity of a little child and let our Christ self express or two, we can resist the truth of our divinity until our life is devastated by the fruits of wrong thinking, such as sickness, sorrow and failure. Then in these experiences, we may find our self will broken down and replaced by a new desire to reach for the absolute truth of God. All right. Then he goes on and he says something that is very powerful. It is not true that God sends problems to man, nor that man cannot find the heaven of fulfillment without challenges. However, the human of us tends to settle into ruts and routines and to resist the growth demanded by the expanding potential of our own divinity. Thus, it may be well that when some great problem comes to us, it is fortuitous. It is a fortuitous blessing because it leads us to stir up the gift of God within. Now, I just want to say one quick thing about this beatitude. It's not suffering doesn't lead us to God. It is our desire to be free from suffering that leads us to God. When people are in pain and they realize like the prodigal son came to himself, when they come to themselves, they will seek a way out of their suffering. So when, if the experiences that you're going through right now are pushing you to the edge, realize that it is pushing you now to develop a new state of consciousness, a new way of thinking where you won't ever have to deal with what you are dealing with now. When you get your blessing, when you get your breakthrough, when you push through, you will say, I'll never go through that again. I'll never deal with that. I'll never put myself in this position again. However, it needs to be stated. So blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Comforted in the realization of when your personal will gets broken so you can accept the divine will. Again, that's a part of the surrender step. Then you can learn how to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. But believe me when I tell you, you know, it was sort of like um, um, the financial uh, writer Dave Ramsey uh, wrote when he said he, he, you know, he was a big real estate um, uh, realtor and he was making all of this money, had all these deals. And then the economy crashed on him. This is some years back, not this last economy issue. And he said, I was driving around town in a Jaguar car, Jaguar. And he said he didn't have money to put gas in the Jaguar. That's where so many people are at right now. So that pushed him to reevaluate his understanding of money and his motivations around money. And his fears around money. He talks about it in the book Financial Peace Revisited. And it's a beautiful story because it really is a down to earth, honest evaluation of how we allow ourselves to become driven uh, by the things that we think we want, but we don't have control over them. So he had to 
get into a state of consciousness where he surrendered and then allow something else to come out. All right. So he has an affirmation, Eric Butter. He says, I am grateful for the challenges that lead me beyond my extremity to God's opportunity. The next beatitude is, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He says on page 62, actually, Jesus is not talking about meekness as an approach to people. He is referring to an attitude toward God. Jesus was meek toward God. He knew that of myself, I can do nothing. He recognized that he was just a simple competent son who had found his spiritual unity with God. And in this discovery, he had tapped the secrets of the universe. But he knew that the miracle working power that was his, now he has came not to him, but through him. As long as he was in tune, he could do all things. So the idea of meekness is, again, surrender. You know, when we are non-resistant, that allows the flow of of the power of God through our lives. He says it best at the bottom of page 62 and the top of page 63. Meekness is a sensitiveness or surrender of consciousness to the influence of something. When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he doesn't mean surrender to people, but to God. The best conductor of electricity is the substance that is least resistant to the flow of the electric current. Likewise, the best conductor of divine power is the person who is non-resistant to the flow of divine power. This attitude comes from a conviction that God is always the answer to human needs and a willingness to submit wholeheartedly to the flow of the spirit in and through us. Last point on this. He says the meat consciousness is not self-centered. It is God-centered. It is humble in the recognition of human limitation, but confident in the conviction of divine resources. Let's pause on that for a moment. It's not self-centered. It's God-centered. It's about God, but God in you. You can be self-centered as long as the S is capitalized because that's the God self. So the affirmation for this step is, I am in tune with God. That which is God-inspired and God-directed shall prevail. Next beatitude. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So basically, you know, I like to say it this way. That the call does not come wrapped in convenience. Now, I'm speaking from a minister's point of view, but you can be, quote unquote, called or the desire that's in the soul to be something. Not do. Notice I said be, not do something. Be something. Be someone. Be the ideal that's in your soul. It doesn't come wrapped in convenience. You have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness just means, in this sense, thinking and feeling in alignment with spiritual principle. That's all. Because one of the definitions of principle is the underlying plan in The Revealing Word by Charles Fillmore. 
Les Brown, the motivational speaker, used to say it this way. You got to be hungry. He didn't say hungry. Hungry. You got to want it. You, you have to want that health so much it drives you to get up and move your body even when it hurts. You have to want your health so much that you change the way you think, how you feel, and how you speak. You have to want your, the prosperity so much that you stop talking about lack and limitation and only focusing on what you don't have. And you're studying it. You're, you're taking action on your ideas. You're, you're doing whatever it is that you want. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. If you hunger and thirst after something, see, most of us don't really know what it means to be hungry and thirsty. See, we might, you know, be a couple of hours late on a meal, but to be hungry, hungry, no matter what, you're going to make sure that you, when you're hungry, your whole focus is, I want food. When you're thirsty, really thirsty, when your body is dehydrated, like some people who go to the hospital and they have to put an IV to rehydrate the body. At one point, that's the only thing you're thinking about. Do you want to express your God nature that much? Do you want to express the fruits of spirit that much? Do you want your life to be transformed that much? Do you want to stay out of debt and out of brokenness and into prosperity that much? So much that you put you, you put down the phone, you get off the computer unless you're doing some studying with it. Or off the phone unless you're doing some studying with it and you start to develop your own mind. You start to develop your own consciousness. You start to work with yourself. And like Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. In other words, you can't play with transformation. You have to want it like lungs want oxygen. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Because your actions will determine how bad you want it. Your dream it will not come wrapped in convenience. Your calling will not come wrapped in convenience. That's how, see, see, it gets to a place where you have to understand that the now you has to die. I'm not talking about the physical you. The you who you think you are. The, your dream is not for the now you. It's for the potential you. The dream comes to drive you into your potentiality. Into your possibility. It's important to realize that 
There is no middle ground on hunger and thirst. A person who is hungry is only thinking about food. Then once they're fed, they'll start thinking about other stuff. Once they have quenched their thirst, then they'll start thinking about other stuff. What moves you? What moves you? You know, I remember when my my daughter, who turns 14 tomorrow, was a baby. And like all babies would cry when they wanted to be changed or wanted to eat, wanted a bottle. She wanted it right then. Everything had to stop. So it was going to be no peace in the house that she was changed, fed, and she had a bottle. But the other thing is, her mother and I were always driven to make sure that those things were done. So you, so a parent might not want to get out of the bed or break their sleep to rock a baby back to sleep or to feed them or to change them. But you hunger and thirst that your child will always have what they need. Is anything driving you to get up? take action even when you don't feel like it just like a parent does because if something isn't moving you to purpose just like a parent then uh, I'm trying to say this nicely are you really alive to live in so ho-hum just doesn't make a life passionate. All right, we have to take our last break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Balance, harmony, peace. These are the things that lead to a fuller, richer life experience. And striving to attain these things is a rewarding journey in and of itself. Let your journey begin at Awaken Whole Life Center, located on the Unity Village campus. Here, you'll discover unique approaches to nurture body, mind, and spirit. A holistic approach to your health and well-being. Visit us online at awakenwholelifecenter.com. That's awakenwholelifecenter.com. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. 
Welcome back to Truth Transforms. So let me give you this affirmation um, because I really didn't read what uh, what Eric Butterworth had to say in this part of the book, but I think I got my point across. His affirmation is, I seek with all my mind and heart, and I shall find. Reverend Coleman used to say, uh, the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, that that which you seek, you are. That which you seek, you are. We seek love because we are love. We seek peace because we are peace. We seek abundance because we are abundance. Because when we're in those states, we're harmonious. And when we're angry and frustrated and jealous and, and envious and, and, and resigned, we don't feel harmonious because that's unnatural. We weren't created to be that way. Moving along. Next beatitude is blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. As I stated last year when I taught the Sermon on the Mount, that this word merciful and mercy really should be translated more accurately, blessed are the compassionate, for they shall obtain compassion. I don't know why it's consistently translated mercy, but I've checked Greek, I've checked Aramaic. People across the board say compassion would probably be a better way, but I think this is just tradition. Anyway, so let me just read this really quickly. Butterworth states, this attitude reveals the law of consciousness. If we want to be loved, you must love. If you want friends, you must be friendly. If you want just treatment, be just. Life is lived from within out. You may not always be able to change the world about you, but you can change your thoughts about the world. And when you do this, you change your world, which is a world of your thought. This is a hard lesson for most of us, for we are not conditioned to believe that we can solve problems with people and with the world by an inner adjustment. Moving on. He goes on to say, Jesus is emphasizing that what comes to you is what your consciousness is drawn to you. You may not like what you see in your world, but it's your attitude and reactions that have been the attracting force. You can change the pattern of attraction and change your world. This is why Jesus later says, love your enemies and pray for those that despitefully use you. Not because they deserve it, but because you must take a step up in consciousness to evoke the higher working of the law. All right. Then he goes on to say, decide the kind of world you want to experience, the kind of friends you want to have, the success you want to achieve, and the kind of conditions you would like to see manifest in your home, your neighborhood, your office, and begin to think the kind of thoughts that will draw them to you by the irresistible force of consciousness. So many times people want mercy. They want compassion, but they don't like giving it. You know, it's like I will step on you if you make a mistake. But when I make a mistake is, oh, I'm only human. No. The compassion you desire, make sure you're giving. The grace you desire, make sure you're giving. If you want the benefit of the doubt, do you give it? Make sure that you're the space for what you desire. That's what he's saying. Make sure you're the space for what you desire. 
So as you go forward, ask yourself this question based around this beatitude. In what areas of my life am I lacking compassion? In what areas of my life am I lacking compassion? People, family, friends, significant others, neighbors. What about the homeless person on the street that asks for money? I'm not saying give the person money, but what's your perception? People at your church, non-for-profit. What do you think about your local politicians? I'm not saying you have to agree with them or vote for them. But what do you think about them that goes beyond their political position that you could disagree with and you have every right to disagree with them? But what's your thought about them? See, what areas of in uh, of uh, what areas in your life do you seek compassion? In other words, I wish people would be more compassionate with me about these things, and then see if you can match up how you not giving compassion about this shows up as you not getting compassion for the things you desire. All right. So the affirmation for this step is: I keep my thoughts centered upon only those things I want to see manifest in my life. The next beatitude is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Now I'm going to let you read your own part of, of, of this. Eric Butterworth's explanation is fantastic but I just want to undress this. Heart represents the feeling nature, the subconscious nature Blessed are those who can see from a deep inner conviction the wholeness of God through the appearance of lack, of illness, of inharmony, injustice, etc., etc. Do you see God where it's not obvious, in other words? It's easy to see God walking into a place of worship and people are singing and preaching and praising God and praying and et cetera. But can you see the presence of God when it's not as obvious? When it's not as obvious. That's the key because it's the not as obvious points that throw us off. It's the not as obvious points that really gets us to the place that we really don't understand. Jesus said this. He says in um, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 35. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you took and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when it was it that 
we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. That's the perception. Seeing God in the everyday activities of life, seeing the wholeness of God in the everyday activities of life. The next beatitude is blessed are the peacemakers for they should be called sons of God. What this is simply saying is if you really consider yourself a person who understands what truth is about, then you're a person who seeks to create peace. A peacemaker is a person who makes peace. Makes peace when there is no agreement. Makes peace when there is animosity, frustration, misunderstandings, and misperceptions. For they shall be called the sons of God or a child of God. But we have to know our own spirituality first before we can become really true peacemakers because the ego is driven by fear. Lack, and once we and, and fight or flight, we have to realize that. So to become a peacemaker means that we have to stop thinking the way we've been conditioned to think as human beings for millions of years. Last beatitude: Blessed are they that have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall reproach you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted the prophets that were before you. And again, this doesn't mean you get persecuted and people will start and and you get an extra set of wings after you make your transition. When you take a stand for truth, people will not always like it. When you say, I don't do that, I'm not for this. When you leave Rather than engage in, in in behaviors that are inconsistent with what you stand for, you will be persecuted by the people who don't understand why you have to make the stands you make. And that's okay. As long as you're being in love and not judging them while you make your stand. In other words, you can show up somewhere, people are doing things you don't like to do, and you can dismiss yourself. It doesn't mean you have to judge them. Just be who you need to be. But at a deeper level, we persecute ourselves. When we stand for truth, there's also those thoughts that are going on in our minds that are trying to violate our truth, violate our principles, violate our morality, violate our integrity, violate our ethics. So when you start thinking in alignment with truth, that does not mean that automatically you every thought is going to line up. You're going to fight against yourself. Paul said, I press toward the higher calling. I pressed. What was he pressing against? His own dominant beliefs. And when you decide that you are going to walk the path of knowing who you are in God, your spirituality, walk your truth, you will press up against everything in your soul. Everything. Everything. 
pops up, comes up, comes out, attracts and draws situations. But they come up so they can leave. And if you address them in truth, they'll go on their way. So with that, I think I've covered this chapter. Next week, we're going to talk about your thought is your life, chapter seven. So read it ahead of time. Get the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth if you don't have it. No excuses. Make it happen. So thank you for listening. If you download this later, thank you for downloading it and listening. And we'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony. Healing and creative ideas is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.